Holly G with the Golf Insiders. We are in the second leg of the PGA Tour playoffs, the BMW Championship. Playing at a new venue this year, Wilmington Country Club in beautiful Delaware. And he's there covering all the action. Bob Herrig from SISportsIllustrated.com. Hey, Bob. Hello there. How are you, Holly? Well, first thing, we got to talk about my man, Willie Z, notching his first victory last Sunday at the TPC South Wind in Memphis. Oh, my gosh. Big win. Finally. He got it over the finish line, Bob, in an amazing, exciting playoff. It was an exciting playoff, and it was an unusual way to go about winning, I think, the way the playoff um, transpired. Uh, you got to believe that Sepp Straka is still sitting there kicking himself today. Um, you know, <laughs> Willie Z was on the rocks. Literally. <laughs> literally. And um, he couldn't hit the green with a nine iron. You know, it was pretty amazing. But, but I mean... Willie Z's had that happen to him, too. So, you know, he's been knocking on the door a bunch of times. Uh, obviously, finished second in two majors this year, lost one in a playoff. It, it's almost hard to believe it's his first win because he's been he's he's been around the lead so much. And, you know, really for the last two-plus years, he's been uh, one of the better players in the game. So um, good for him that he got it done. I'm sure that's a relief. And... Uh, you know, he's a he's a nice, young, bright star player who, um, you know, I think I think's got a chance to, to do a lot of good stuff. I think a lot of people are happy to see that you know the golf gods were in his favor on this one uh, to watch Seth hit it in the water, and then to watch Will's ball ping pong along the rocks was uh, you know pretty uh, pretty extraordinary. And then he kept us all in suspense playing that game of should I hit it, shouldn't I hit it, and thank God he went back and dropped it. Yeah, you know, in a weird way, it probably helped him that that's where the ball ended up because if it had gone in the water, um, I think I think Stracker kind of thought he had a chance to play it, which is why he took on a, a more difficult shot than he needed to um, on that on that par three. I mean, look, it's, I'm, you know, it's, it's, it's not like you're you, – the green. I mean, there is there is a hazard in the back of that uh, hole also. Um, but um, he seemed to be a lot more aggressive. Where if he knows that Willie Z is hitting three from a drop area, I think he plays his tee shot a lot more conservatively. So, and then the the whole drama of him actually thinking about playing the shot when, um, you know, it was pretty obvious that the best uh, the best that uh, Straka could do was a five. Um, it, it would have been crazy for him to play that. What if he What if he missed it, or if it, you know, came off funny? I mean, he did the right thing. He knocked it on the green, and as it turned out, he was going to probably win with a five anyway. So, um, you know, kind of bizarre, but hey, that's what uh, makes it interesting. Well, and he does have a new caddy on the bag, as we know. So uh, perhaps he, the caddy, was letting uh, giving. Willie a little more leeway to to sort this out, but I thought, oh please, get him back to that drop area. Uh, you know, you could you could see a wrist injury coming, uh, all kinds of disaster. 
<laughs> yes, absolutely. So, and it is interesting, you know, the whole new caddy thing, and then you go out and win the next week. And we've we've kind of seen some of that here lately with with guys switching caddies. I mean, um, you know, Scotty Shuffler switched caddies at the end of last year um, and went to Ted Scott and and won four times, including a major. And uh, we're just. Uh, caddies and immediately got off to a good start in Memphis. Now, obviously, it didn't end well, but but um, yeah, you know, it's just um, it's a weird dynamic how that is because because um, uh, you know usually they tell us, hey, it's the player, it's not the caddy. You know, I'm the guy hitting the shots, and yet um, and and Zell Torres was really close with his caddy, and yet here we are. He uh, he uh, he made a switch. After the second round of Wyndham, which is really unusual, and and uh, and then had a new guy on the bag already and wins, so it's kind of kind of bizarre. We we don't know uh, what the fifteenth uh, club in the bag is all about sometimes, right, Bob? That's exactly right. And look, you know, there's evidence on both sides of this. You know, we, there's some there's some big uh, there's some big names in the game who have have who've had solid relationships with caddies and. And, and, you know, they swear by it. So, um, you know, you better be comfortable with, that, with the guy or, or, or the woman carrying your bag. Um, and, and, uh, and if you're not, or, or if there's any sort of doubt, you know, I guess I can see how that can, that can get to you. You know, um, it's one less thing to worry about if there's any sort of tension or issues going on. So it's not, it's not an easy gig being a caddy in these days. You know, it's a lot of money at stake for the players. Um, you know, they can be sensitive. They can be. They can have mood swings. You kind of. You, you got to be a little part psychologist and read them, um, and uh, and know know what works and what doesn't. So um, it's you know it's kind of a fascinating. It's still to me a very fascinating part of all this and how you know every player is different. You know, some guys don't take don't take well to being told what they don't want to hear. Um, and some caddies learn that I just have to be a yes man. You know, I need to say it in a way that he doesn't think I'm doubting him. You know, so it's really fascinating um, how that plays out. And so, for whatever reason, maybe there was a little bit of a burden lifted there for uh, for Will. Well, he said that he uh, wants to go back and try that shot sometime, Bob. But yeah. uh, maybe maybe his caddy will talk him out of that too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I would be careful, you know. Uh, speaking of some tension and issues, uh, briefly, what uh, Scott Fawcett, uh, really his early mentor in his junior days, going off on Twitter, um, a few uh, too many adult iced teas on Sunday, Bob? What was going on there? Yeah, you know, I, I caught up with that a little bit yesterday, and yeah, you know, it's... Um, uh, uh, it's it's a an unfortunate rant. Yeah, exactly, exactly. That's a, I, I was sort of trying to figure out a, a, a way to to say it. It's um, you know, and when you have some other tour players jumping in like Justin Thomas, you know, um, just it's just a, a kind of an odd thing to do, I'd say. And uh, um, you know, especially at that time, and things were going well, and you know, why why go there even? It's just kind of a kind of a Kind of a weird deal. Well, again, it just shows the the amount of emotions that are uh, 
vested and invested in these players and, uh, you know, their team and, and the many years uh, that they are supported along the way. Uh, but as we turn to the BMW this weekend weekend, uh, the big news was the big cat flew into uh, Delaware. Tiger Woods yesterday meeting with the players uh, Tuesday evening, Bob. Uh, tell my listeners about all of that. Look, the, the, the biggest takeaway for me on that is that Tiger made the effort to come all the way up here for a three-hour meeting. You know, I mean, uh, you know, he, he, he flew into Delaware on, on Tuesday afternoon. They had a meeting early uh, Tuesday evening that lasted three, three and a half hours, and he headed to the airport and went home. Um, you know, he probably could have done it by Zoom. He could have probably got a, you know, just been on the phone and, you know, had a, had a phone sitting there where, where it was, you know, on speaker. But he, but he elected to come in person, and I think that says something about his, um, you know, his, his leadership his views on this. Yeah, he's, he's, he's invested. And, you know, this isn't like the Tiger of old. You know, Tiger in the, in the day would have probably, you know, not paid a lot of attention to something like this. Um, I, I'm not saying he wouldn't have, wouldn't have known what was going on, but it would have been behind the scenes. And he, I'm not sure he would have uh, been so invested in the process. You know, he clearly wanted to get with, with uh, a, a group of guys, which was 20-some, 23, 25 guys, something like that. Um, Rory said yesterday, you know, you know, um, there's there's only going to be one alpha in a room like that, and so you know that he meant Tiger, and uh, so you get the sense that Tiger kind of led the meeting and 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 made some of his views known, and and I get the sense too that that he wanted them to come away from there with some ideas, you know, with some plans, some thoughts, some some constructive ideas to bring to the PGA Tour leadership as to how to make the tour better. Now, is this, an, is this because of live golf? You know, certainly. Um, you know, is it too little too late? It might be. But it, it doesn't necessarily mean that it's wrong because, you know, I think we all recognize in this, in this situation here with live that, um, that uh, you know, the, the tour has some deficiencies that haven't been addressed. You know, you can say that and also still believe that the tour is a great place and has done a lot for players and gives them all kinds of opportunities. You know, two things can be true. That can be true, and, and they can also do better. And as you and I have spoken about many times, or I've written about a lot, you know, the live golf enterprise exists because there's been some discontent. You know, if everything was perfect, there's no way these guys go and do this. True. You know, because they're putting their reputations on the line. They're obviously putting their ability to compete on the biggest stage uh, in peril by going to play with Liv. Um, and, but they did it anyway. And it was because the opportunity was so lucrative. You know, the PGA Tour opportunity is really lucrative too. But I think, I think had, the, had the Tour addressed some issues, it never gets to this. I'm, I'm not sure a rival league ever even launches if there had been some things in place now it's obviously easy to say that now but but uh, there were some hints that um that things were coming 
and uh, and unfortunately the tour maybe just wasn't able to address those things. They they've come back with a lot of good stuff, you know. But as you and I have spoken about before, um, it's still all based on performance and not based on you know sort of rewarding the guys who have been the stars or even taking care of guys who are on tour. Uh, and, and, you know, put, risk, risk a lot just by playing every week. You know, but there's no guaranteed compensation, and that's a, that's a big issue. Yeah, and, and another thing that seems to be uh, seeping out of these conversations is the player's desire to have some events where they are playing the best of the best. Can you share more about that? Yeah, I mean, that's an interesting thing because I'm wondering what he means by that and, and how that could even be achieved. And is he talking about something outside the realm of what we see now? Uh, you know, we used to have four World Golf Championship events in which where, where that occurred. So you had the four World Golf events. You had, you know, you had the, um, the, the Players' Championship. And you had the four majors. So you really had like nine times a year where the best of the best came together. It wasn't necessarily PGA Tour oriented. Like you didn't have to be a member of the PGA Tour. And then when you get to the playoffs, you have a good majority of the best. So you clearly have 10, 11 times a year where you were having that, which I think is pretty good. I mean, Liv is going to have 14. Their goal was to have the best of the best. You know, 11 is pretty good. And for some reason, the tour, uh, you know, the, the leaders, the powers that be, have sort of dismantled the world golf, uh, you know, idea. Uh, we only have one now, the, the match play. Right. The, the event in Mexico, which had been around for, you know, since the beginning at different places, Doral, and then it had moved around before that, is no longer. When, 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 the, when the Mexico WGC event, you know, wasn't played due to COVID in 2021, um, they, they actually moved it to Florida, to Bradenton, and then now they, they decided to disband it. They, they, it's just the Mexico event has just become, come back as a regular event. You know, they, they never really answered why. The, 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 um, the Memphis event was a WGC uh, FedEx wanted to be part of the playoffs. They felt like we're better served, you know, being in an event within our our playoffs. playoff structure. Okay, so they moved, they they accommodated that, but didn't replace it. And then, of course, you know, the China one, which has been plagued by COVID. You know, this is the third straight year it's been canceled. So. You know, I don't know if they'll ever come back as a WGC. But so even if it does, there's only two and there were four. So they, they, there is no reason. Why wouldn't they have just replaced them? You still have three of them. So when Roy says that, I'm very intrigued because, because does he want them to replace the World Golf events? Does he want them to come up with another idea? You know, one of the things the tour did to enhance the um, – you know, the possibility of guys coming together starting uh, starting next year, it, it, it increased the purses big time of the of the, uh, the the Century Tournament of Champions. You know, hopefully that's going to bring more people there. 
Um, uh, they've enhanced the purse for the Genesis. It's going to be $20 million next year. Same with the Arnold Palmer. The players will be 25. The world, the match play will be 20. Jack Nicklaus is currently 20. These two first two playoff events will be 20. Now, you didn't need to increase the purse at these playoff events to get guys to come, you know, but it's going to be a heck of a reward for making it because it's only going to be 70 and then 50. It'll no cut, so you're going to get paid. In, in a way, that's guaranteed money, obviously, that they're assuring the players. But again, you have to get there, you know. And um, if you're if you're a guy who's injured, or you know, a name player who gets hurt, or has has you know, in, in baseball, if you if you're if you're injured and out for six weeks, you're still getting paid, you know. So I, I think a lot of this goes back to that. We have not run out of stories, even as we're winding down the season, Bob. Uh, you look at, uh, okay, Rory, Matt Roy's coming in. He missed the cut last week. That was a surprise. But he's probably considered the favorite this week. But if you look at, uh, you know, the top players here, uh, you know, we're coming off Will Zelatoris winning, Tony Finau being, you know, hot and top of his game. Uh, Scotty missing the cut last week, but, you know, we, we know he, uh, he can light it up uh, and certainly has had his career year. Uh, Maddie Fitzpatrick coming off the U.S. Open win. You know, you've got uh, Shoffley and Rum, Justin Thomas. Uh, you know, week to week, this is where you see how, you know, how deep the fields are and how tough it is to win, but the level of talent, and to me, this is where these guys want to play. Exactly. You know, listen. This is there's there's uh, there's there's nothing wrong with what has been presented in terms of um, you know this time of year. And I, I know we can argue about the format next week and are these really playoffs and stuff. But you know, I remember back to when this all started. And there was there was a lot of doubt about the um, uh, you know the the validity of, of playoffs in golf, but you know what it's done? It's got all the all the top players playing at the same time, kind of to Rory's point. You know, I mean, for 15, 16 years, we've had an ending to a golf season that included just about everybody. You know, nobody was skipping these tournaments because they didn't want to play. You know, maybe they when there was four events, somebody might skip the first one, or some you know, I you know, somebody might play one and skip the second. But by the third, or by by now, this this you know, the second to last, everybody who was eligible, who who was healthy, was playing, and that was the whole point. And we didn't have that before. People people might remember back to you know back in the day when uh, after the PGA Championship. And when it was in August, and before there were FedEx Cup playoffs, the game just sort of went to die. You know, um, it, 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 there was a bunch of tournaments without a whole lot of meaning. The, you know, unless you cared about winning the money title, the only the only incentive was to get to the top 30 to get to the Tour Championship. Except there were, uh, you know, like 12, 13 tournaments before that, and and it, it didn't even really become any kind of a, a, a major chase. Guys could take it or leave it. Guys like Tiger and Phil skipped the tour championship sometimes back then. It was to them it, was, it just became another tournament, you know. And that's when the tour revamped it, and you know it's it's, it's taken its shots. But I think it's achieved the purpose. You know, golf, golf fans tune into this. I 
it's it's interesting to see who's going to prevail. Uh, uh, these are big tournaments, and you know uh, the FedEx Cup champion has become uh, you know a, a nice notch on the resume. Nobody nobody's equating it to a major, anything like that. But you know Patrick Cantlay winning the, the FedEx last year was a big deal. It helped him win Player of the Year. Uh, so um, in any case, it's uh, you know it's an interesting time and. And uh, you know these these are great events. I I, I I always enjoy this this part of the year and, um, and and kind of understand why they want to get it done now too. And you can understand for many reasons, but in particular, if we speak just about the FedEx Cup playoffs, uh, Tiger when he speaks about the live golfers turning their back on the tour, uh, when the first champion was crowned, Tiger Woods. That $10 million bonus was a big deal. It was eye-popping, Bob. And if I go through this list, of course, Tiger, a two-time champion, Rory, a two-time champion. But let's talk about the guys whose lives were completely changed. Bill Haas, the 2011 champion. Brant Snedeker, the 2012 champion. Oh, hello, Henrik Stenson, the 2013 champion, who... uh, that completely turned his life around. His his career had been in shambles due to some financial problems. Billy Horschel, 2014 champion, and even the likes of Justin Rose, the 2018 champion. This has been a big deal for these guys. Life-changing. And, you know, this is where... Uh, I think the players, uh, you know, can point the fingers at these live golfers. Yeah, exactly. You know, uh, um, there there is there is life changing thing going on at, at at this point in the year. I mean, you know, most being talked about is it's you can't even wrap your arms around it. Um, uh, and and nobody, I don't think anybody expected. Like nobody expected the PGA Tour to, to to go to those levels. It got out of hand because Liv, um, you know, was desperate to get started, and they, they had to overpay. Um, but, you know, what's being offered now on the PGA Tour at, this, at the end of the year, I mean, these, these two tournaments last week and this week are $15 million purses. Obviously, this week, no cut. You know, next week is the big bonus money uh, with $18 million to the winner, 500000 for last place in Atlanta. You know, so um, it's not not some small, you know, amount here. It's it's impressive, and uh, you know, but but you've also got a season-long title that goes along with it, and 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 a lot of other perks. You know, being in the top 30 gets you in three of the majors next year. So. Well, and I love that we're uh, now going to get these to watch these guys play in pairings. Uh, seems like it creates a little more pressure, Bob, and. And quickly, tell us about Wilmington Country Club, uh, a new uh, new venue in in the PGA Tour rotation. Um, looks, it doesn't look easy to me. Um, I, I'd be surprised if the scoring was as low as it was at Caves Valley last year. Um, it's a little bit more wide open than it was in Memphis last week. Um, I, I, I think that's why Rory likes it. I think it favors him more, a lot more drivers. Um, Probably a little bit more room off the tee as well, uh, but the rough doesn't look fun. So it'll be interesting to see 
how it uh, how it plays out. Um, you know, and, and I've you know I've often said I, I don't think the players want it to be brutally tough this time of year. East Lake is tough course as it is, so you know they they face a pretty good test there every year. Um, but I don't think they want to be you know fighting for par to be you know the winning score. Right? It, it's okay here and there, but you know they they want to be able to make birdies. I think the playoffs need to be exciting. You need to have some back and forth and. Um, I'm not sure what to expect with this course, but I, I have the sense it's going to be pretty good, and that it's going to it's going to offer a uh, uh, a pretty fun test. All right, so get those darts out, my friend. <laughs> who's who's uh, who's in the winner's circle on Sunday? You know what? It sounds simple, but I like Rory a lot. I mean, he uh, he missed the cut last week. He was clearly a bit rusty. He acknowledged that there was a bit of a hangover after the Open. Um, and uh, he came straight here after missing the cut on Friday. It has been here ever since. And, you know, played the weekend here. And, it, you know, look, uh, something like that can be very helpful. This is a golf course most guys aren't going to know. Some guys probably only saw it in the Pro-Am, you know, or maybe saw a few holes on Tuesday. You know, it's uh, guys, guys are, who played all weekend weren't going to get here and play 18 holes every day. You know, so Rory, Rory got out on the course over the weekend. He played, most of the guys played nine-hole program. He elected to play 18 yesterday. Uh, so, you know, he's seen the course a bunch. You know, maybe that's an advantage. If he's got his game together, why not? All right. Well, uh, a lot of uh, excitement uh, ahead for the weekend. And as always, we appreciate your time. Bob Herring from SI.com. Thanks, Bob. Thank you.